Today's sponsor is Audible.com, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles and virtually every genre of book. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Listen to audiobooks anytime, anywhere, on anything. Audible is offering It's That Episode listeners a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment to watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. Our very special guest is uh, Comedian. Writer, performer, Megan Nuringer. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for having me, Craig. Your apartment is so delightful. Thank you very much. Is uh, it because you live with a graphic designer? I or- think that's <laughs> probably mostly it. And um, though I was the one who picked the Simon and Garfunkel uh, poster. So that's my one contribution. That poster is Incredible. Isn't it amazing? Yes. <laughs> to describe it briefly, it's from uh, Br- Bridge Over Troubled Water, and it's it's the, the it came in the vinyl, and it's Simon and Garfunkel wearing turtlenecks, but they're in a black void, and their turtlenecks and bodies are a silhouette that's filled with the 59th Street Bridge and a sunrise or a sunset. It, uh, it's hard to tell, but they are just frowning yeah. over the bridge, <laughs> staring at us. Literally over troubled water. Yeah, and then there's just this illustrated, two flowers illustrated next to Garfunkel, where it's, I don't quite, it doesn't really fit in, but I like it a lot. It's a cool print. So, um, well, then I'll give you a compliment. I just noticed your shoes. They're very cool. Thank you. Uh, They they were sort of a gift from a friend in L.A. They hurt her feet, so... I took them, and I get more compliments on them than anything I've ever picked out for myself. How do you describe them? I can't. I don't. I don't know. Where they're sort be. of a basket weave leather loafer. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of the air can get through. They're great for summer, um, but they sort of have the illusion of a closed shoe while being open. Because who wants to show their toes? Exactly. Let's be responsible adults. Nobody Guys, needs to see your feet. This is 2013. It's going to be a hot summer. We don't wanna, I don't want to see <laughs> your toes. Hot summer. I don't want to see your toes. The, what is, is that the farmer's almanac yes. that you're doing right now? Uh, yeah. Um, before our wedding, we looked at, Meryl looked at the farmer's almanac to see, like, what, and I was like, that's, you can't. I think it works, though, right? I don't I have no idea. It rained during our wedding, so. Oh. Guys. I think that's supposed to be a sign of good luck. That's what they say. To, so they feel cover up the fact that your mar- wedding and marriage are doomed. Do you get like any money back on the deposit if it rains? Oh, yeah. That's the most Jewish question I've ever no. asked. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. But it's the first thing that occurred to me. I was like, do you get like a discount? <laughs> it's an act of God. Oh. So, no. It was, it was traumatizing. No, well, it's I'm just kidding. You know, it was amazing. Some of the most romantic scenes in movies between two people are in the rain, mm. kissing, mm-hmm. you know. Spider-Man, upside down kiss. In the rain. In the rain. So rain is associated with romance That's for true. a lot of people. That's very true. And it was very romantic. It was a really nice setting. So why don't you shift your perspective You're right. disappointment no, to it was, total delight? No complaints. <laughs> I like complaining, but it was perfect. Um, so why don't we, why don't, why don't we, uh, why don't you explain what, uh, I'm excited for the show that you chose. Um, why, why don't you uh, let us know about it? So I chose my so-called life mm-hmm. because um, 
if you're a woman of a certain age, this uh, series was probably incredibly influential to you at the time that it ran. Uh, for people who don't know, it's that Claire Danes show where she's this awesome 90s grungy high schooler, very sensitive, like maybe one of the first gay high school best friends in a show. Mm-hmm. And um, she's in love with the totally emotionally avoidant Jordan Catalano. Mm-hmm. Played by Jared Leto. Yes. Leto. Also the emotionally avoidant Jared Leto. No, just kidding. Of the, the band... 30 Seconds to Mars? No. Uh, no, it's 30 Seconds to Mars. 30 Seconds it to Mars. It only takes that long to get to Mars for Jared Leto. <laughs> I did see him at a Whole Foods once. So How do you look? He looked really douchey. <laughs> I think he had like a faux hawk or something. It's unfortunate that someone who was gifted by God to be so perfect looking is such a human disappointment. <laughs> I hope Jared Leto doesn't listen to this, but he is, he usually leaves comments. So, but he's, <laughs> whenever we mention him, he's very supportive of what we say about him. Oh, he believes in free speech. Yeah, like, exactly. Whatever I can take it. Exactly. I have perfect symmetry in my face. <laughs> um, I was, so I was going to sort of mention it before we started recording, but this is an interesting culmination of the last two podcasts that we recorded because I, two episodes ago, I watched 30 something and then last episode we watched homeland and now 30 something this show my so-called life was co-created by two or three people that wrote for 30 something and then of course uh claire danes is from uh went on to be in homeland oh wow that's so weird so it's a weird little thing um and i think it's serendipitous as or uh, well, I said it was surreptitious because I don't know what words mean. Right, and I only know serendipity because of the movie Serendipity and the Frozen Hot Chocolate Place, Serendipity yes. Three, Serendipity Two in New York City. It's the place where you can get like a nine dollar frozen hot chocolate. Yeah, if you want to do a touristy thing in New York, Ugh. get that frozen hot chocolate, guys. <laughs> um, so this show, I've only seen I think one or two episodes, uh, the pilot, and maybe one other episode. And, uh, but I've read up a little bit about it and I know it was super influential and it was very nineties. There was only one season of this show. Unbelievable. And it seems like it was a very, as you said, influential show for, for young ladies at the time. I mean, I just had never seen anybody, a show that was written in the voice of a teenage girl that was so accurate. Uh, It was uh, crazy the way that Angela chase talked the way her friends spoke the dynamic with the parents all the awkwardness and the crushes and the even the teachers it was just very authentic Mm -hmm. well it's um having seen it a little bit and knowing the time that it came out i mean it definitely feels groundbreaking in the sense that like there most teen shows were super cheeseball like really for like young kids and this dealt with actual Issues and didn't do it in a way where it was like a after school special. Yeah, it was not um, condescending. Although maybe watching it now, who knows? Who knows? Does it hold up? So when was the last time you watched the show? In the nineties. So when it was on? Yeah, I wow. haven't watched it so since. You, and now you what? Uh, so you picked an episode called Self Esteem. <laughs> Why did you after uh, almost twenty years you chose this specific episode? Well, it makes me feel really old. Um, that's what I was trying to do was after 20 okay. brutal years. <laughs> so much has happened. Um, puberty for one. This is the episode where they go to the Buffalo Tom 
show mm-hmm. and she's meant to meet up with Jordan Catalano. And for me, this was the most intense like people are all right now talking about the game of thrones the last episode of game of thrones the red wedding episode yeah and everybody's like freaking out and for me i i probably had the same response to this episode emotionally not that it was just like quietly devastating and um uh just like all the words that you know resonating like i don't know it It just just, ripples ripples plus the Buffalo Tom song that's featured in it mm-hmm. is so dope. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I'm going to look out for that. Um, and the, so the thing with with um, Angela, Claire Danes, and Jordan Catalano, Jared Leto, sort of they had like an on-again, off-again relationship throughout this season. They had a secret relationship. Ooh. He would not publicly acknowledge her, but he would make out with her underneath the bleachers. And it was devastating to her. And it's like he... You knew he liked her and was so intrigued by her, but because of like the caste system of high school, he could not acknowledge her. And she like willingly went into it because like Jordan Catalano, oh my God, so gorgeous and like so like intriguing. And what you realize later as an adult, you're like those gorgeous guys who like don't say much and don't acknowledge you. They aren't intriguing. They're just insane and boring. (laughs) (laughs) But like when you're a teenager full of hormones, you're like, I want this. I got to prove something, which is why it's interesting that it's called self-esteem because you have to have none to be in a relationship like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. This is going to get really heavy. I'm excited to see. Oh, is this supposed to be a comedy podcast? I'm sorry. Uh, No, no, no. We're going to get super deep into both of our darkest moments during uh, this podcast oh yeah i mean i'm uh, i'm a girl who thinks about stuff yeah, yeah. yeah we're gonna get deep no but uh what was i i was gonna say that um i'm excited to see how having just watched the game of thrones <laughs> red wedding how this is gonna um i want to see you, you as a little child being ripped apart it's gonna see yeah. what, what actually did that um, and this was before like I mean, not that I don't know if they're on the same level, but like Dawson's Creek and like Freaks and Geeks and shows that were sort of maybe Dawson's Creek, I assume, is cheesier. But like that teenagers really got into and like that meant something to them, you know, I would add I would even add um, Felicity and like Gilmore Girls Mm -hmm. to that genre. Right. I don't know what. Well, even when I was reading up up on the show, I was like, "This is like the seems like the predecessor to Freaks and Geeks because she's she sort doesn't she have like an old friend from elementary school or something, and she sort of drops her for the new friends and stuff, and that was sort of a running thing through Freaks and Geeks. You know, I want to honor your comparison. Do you can shut it down? The only reason is I feel like my so called life was almost entirely humorless except for a couple of characters occasionally i mean it really just was like not a comedy right right right. but um, i guess i meant in yeah, sort of like, the things that they dealt with like the, the sort of real more realistic portrayal of what it would actually feel like to be a teen then you know what i stand corrected i feel like a real gotcha i feel like a real jared leto Ooh, and i feel like <laughs> a real buffalo tom <laughs> <laughs> Um, which I, I, I guess I'm gonna, maybe people will think I'm stupid, but I, I don't know that band. Like, I don't remember that band from the early nineties. Well, because, well, what the audience may not know is that you're only 20 years old, Craig. You're I'm, a millennial. I'm going to be 20 in next oh, February. You're not even. Yeah. I'm oh, dang. 19. Oh, dang. Uh, dang, bro. But <laughs> I did read up that, that their name, Buffalo Tom, they is a reference to Buffalo Springfield, that band from the sixties, which is like, come on guys. That's. 
Look, you can't judge a band by its name, except that you sometimes can. You sometimes can, like 30 Seconds to Mars. I'm curious to see if you like the song. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah, Um, I like music. Whoa, wow, that's a bold <laughs> statement. Um, so, like, in high, and especially when you're like in high school. <laughs> oh, but you're like one of three people I've ever met that likes music. Am I like the most interesting person you've had on the podcast? <laughs> Full of unique ideas and interests. That sort of blew me away. <laughs> um, no, but so, like, also just that music was like such a big part of the show. I'm going to just stop talking. No, yeah, it wasn't. I, they, and it's cool that also, I mean, again, I don't remember this band, but that it was like a band of the time, I guess, mm-hmm. that wasn't just like, oh, let's throw in this cross-promotional, like how MTV does, you know, just like pushes their the artists that are terrible that, yeah. come on, guys. It was like, yeah. listen, if I'm watching Jersey Shore, I don't care who's, don't give me a flip up on the bottom of the screen the, the name of the artist. I just want to see a Snooki and uh, and uh, JWoww, you know, get mad about how big their cups are that they're drinking. I think of. your criticism is is correct. Yeah. Plus, all the music on Jersey Shore is just like, oomch, oomch, yes. oomch. Yeah. Does it sound like oomch? Wait. It's like uns. Uns. Okay, you put yeah. Uns. Uns. Yeah. It's the Jewish version yeah, of, yeah. of club music, house music. It's the Yiddish version. Um, so why don't we check out um, Self-Esteem. This is uh, from – I'm trying to get it up on the screen. Okay. From November 17th, 1994. Uh, devastating times. So we're going we're gonna to check it out. Should we read the synopsis real quick before we yeah, watch it? Yeah, that's a good idea. It says, in a surprising alliance, Rayanne and Sharon, her friends, yes, uh, reproach Angela for getting into a relationship with Jordan, which he will not acknowledge publicly. Been there, girl. Oof. <laughs> and the other students in Graham's cooking class put him in an awkward situation. What? Oh, this B story. I forgot about this. Who's Graham? Graham is, is he the guy who's totally in love with her? Perhaps. He, no, no, no. Gra- no, no, no. Graham is her dad. It's either her dad. I don't know. Somebody's in a cooking class. I think it's her dad. It's, he was unemployed for a time, and then he like. Oh yeah, it's her dad, Graham. It, it's funny to hear like the very intense high school thing, and then it's like, and this guy's in a cooking class. And oh, I think on. he got hit on. Ooh. Spoiler: I think he gets hit on by another woman in his cooking class, which is also about like adult dynamics, right? Not just for kids, guys. Not. Yeah, this ain't th- this episode. This podcast ain't just for kids, so <laughs> that it, could actually just be the tag for the yeah. Always, always, yeah. Not this, just today's episode, but this ain't for kids. Yeah, ain't just for kids. So I'm going to talk to our publicist and make sure that that gets on Good, yeah. all the metadata for this show. Yeah, I'm glad that you contacted my publicist and I was able to do this. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. I mean, thank her. I'll yeah. thank her later Great. with a, a bo- nice bottle of. Chablis? Chablis? <laughs> I don't know. Chablis. I think, it's, I think the S is definitely not silent. Okay, right, right. All right, so let's check out self-esteem. What do you say? The truly frightening thing is that even after everything that happened, Jordan Catalano left a note in my locker to meet him in the boiler room. The nauseating part is that I went. Don't say hello or anything. Hello? Can't believe I came here. Why did you ask me to come here? 
Why are you like this? Like what? Like how you are. So leave. A quick reminder that today's sponsor is Audible.com, the leading provider of downloadable audiobooks with over 100,000 titles, every genre. You can listen to it on anything. Audible's got it. If you are a listener of the show, which you are because you're hearing this, you can go to audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan, okay? And you can get a free audiobook along with a 30-day trial. I just, because we're on the subject of high school and the doings of high school, guess what you can get? On me, you can get Chicken Soup for the Soul, Teens Talk High School, 101 Stories of Life, Love, and Learning for Older Teens. That's probably you, the person listening to this. You're a teen. You want to know about life, love, and learning, and you're an older teen. Check that out. There are literally hundreds of thousands of books that you can get. So uh, www.audiblepodcast.com backslash Craig Rowan. Get a free audiobook along with the 30-day trial. Let's get back to my so-called life. All right, we just watched uh, my so-called life self-esteem, and if that wasn't the name of the episode, I think we'd still get it. It was as if, I mean, at a certain point, you and I, while watching it, started whispering self-esteem. Yeah, because they did, I mean, they did a good job of making sure pretty much every character had some, or every character was involved in some sort of self-esteem situation where they had low self-esteem. Yeah, and every scene was about that every scene was about self-esteem so the main first of all i gotta say i enjoyed it great and i understand what 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 all the hubbub's about (laughs) um all my personal hubbub about it yeah no but i mean it's a show that like i feel like when i was at um whole foods i was with i was like directing a a sketch show and the meetings were in whole foods which is a terrible idea and all the girls in the group when they saw jarlito they're like it's jordan catalana you know yeah that's like so now i get it yeah he's he's beautiful and vacant exactly um but yeah i guess we should let's like it was a, a lot of stuff happened a lot of stuff happened and the the um cooking show thing that we set up was very surprising where that had ended up going. I thought that was going to start in an affair, but that ended in a, an interesting. You well, they did describe the little, it as inter- oh, you got to watch the rest of the series. Wow, um, you know, it, it, no spoilers. It, yeah, but, yeah, it's a it's a series. It's not they're not just one offs. Things connect and relate. Right, sure. Well, that's made me wonder. I mean, we'll get into the main uh, the main uh, plot, but. I'm interested to know where this show left off because I did read that the end of the season sort of ended in a cliffhanger and it and it sort of yeah. never, never, you know, nobody ever Does knows. Does she keep the, the baby or right, not? Right. No. <laughs> the triplets. Angela just gets like knocked up. And but like it's like they cut right to like three months in and they're like, we have to make this decision. Yeah, it's a ticking time bomb. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah. So this in this episode, basically... Let's give the rundown of what's happening in Angela's life. How would you describe sort of what's going on? It's right it's like the holy trinity of what matters to like white kind of depressed teenage girls, which is school pressures, dude pressures, like a little bit of family. Right. You know, and that's really what this like episode's about. Yeah, it's, it takes place during midterms. And uh, I sort of have to assume, though I forget that, at the beginning of the season, she must start as a 
pretty solid student. Yeah, she's a bright girl. She's, she's very smart. So in this episode, her grades are sort of uh, failing. She gets, I think, a 58 on a geometry quiz because of her meetings in a boiler room with Jordan Catalano. That's right. It's funny, like, because in high school, you you participate in this as, like, a female. You, you are, like, willing, like, you do screw things up for yourself by your boy craziness. And then, like, I'm this, like, total adult, and I'm like... Oh, I, I still continue to do this, <laughs> except it's not a geometry midterm. It's literally everything else in my life that like the, I can like recognize my boy craziness and the boiler room is like something else. Right. But it is just like, what have I put aside? You know, it's, it's oh, damn it. It's you got if you get the invite to the boiler room, how are you not going to take that invite? Uh, there is a line in this episode where she, oh, there's let's talk about how the fact that like she's the original Carrie. Because there's voiceover narration right. throughout um, all of the episodes. You're, you're referencing Angela's Sex in the City. Yes. I picked that. It took me, my, the gears were turning. I was like, Carrie, the horror movie? And then I, I got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. It's um, definitely. And, I mean, the narration you pointed out, but it was super intense. To, like, some of the stuff that she said would not. I feel like it's like, wow, for a show about teenagers, it's pretty intense because she says, I mean, there's something about a Sunday night that makes you want to kill yourself. And it's like, (laughs) wow. I can't. That's kind of irresponsible at this point. You would never let a show that's for teens have the protagonist say that. Yeah. Because it's like a little bit too like maybe you should kill yourself. There would be like an asterisk, be like, but don't ever do that. If you're ever in trouble, call (laughs) this number, and it would be pop up, and then there'd be (laughs) a thing from the cast right afterwards saying like, if you ever have these thoughts, it would be very um, socially conscious. Yeah, too responsible. But no, yeah. So she has like this whole voiceover. at one point, she says it was just about kissing and not kissing, oh, right. kissing and not kissing. So that's the other thing. It's just like this intense relationship. They're only getting to like sloppy first. Yeah, but it's it, the yeah exactly. They sort of spend. I mean, if a period of a class is like forty five minutes, over that amount of time, just making out. Which is which is totally high school though. That's like a totally high school thing, and it's so crazy because you were saying it while watching it. But it's like imagine like just ending a conversation, just starting to make or like cutting off the middle of a conversation and just making out for like half an hour. That's really unappealing. <laughs> it, it seems really weird, but for them, they're like, "All right, we're on board." I just I am I guess because it's you know it was a network show, like. He never pushed her head down for a BJ. Like, she never got fingered. She was so wounded by this relationship for just having kissed. I can't imagine what, like, getting fingered would have done to her. If they... Now, I... In the boiler room. Well, there is... The next episode is called Fingered. No, that's right. right. (laughs) Um, No, but, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how many episodes there are after this one, but do they end up having sex or is there any do whoa because that is that would be like him. that would amp up the the uh, emotions a lot or they like get really close to it she's like 
I'm not sure I know how to do. I but don't they remember. discuss. I mean, if, yeah, even it comes if they up. discuss it. Oh yeah. And I wonder what music is playing while that happens because during their makeout sessions, it's all calypso music. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's very. <laughs> you described it as um, a Sandals Resort commercial, and I thought yes. of it as. Um, like a in between scene in Lion King where like the characters are walking across the desert or something. It is weird. It's sort of like the sort of upbeat vacation music. Yeah, like, like it's just like why? Why? Well, that's the thing is that this music. I, I'm mean, this music. This show definitely captures like the relationships between her and Jordan and sort of the things that their friends are going through are. Like you can relate to them even now. Like you're saying, you're thinking about it, and like I was like, oh, this is like high school. Like some things feel like high school, but the music dates it so hard that you're like, but in a great way too, where you're like, oh, this feels so 90s. The other thing is, like as we're talking about it, I'm like, there was no internet or cell phones in this show, right? So their high school experience is so absent of that drama that happens and that kind of communication like instead of like texting about bullshit and like never talking to each other on the phone like they had to agree you had to like go somewhere and be active in order to see if someone would show up right they have to go to this buffalo tom concert to see if they're going to meet up there or not like there's no like are you there are you up like right you actually had to like put yourself out there in a way without knowing what the situation was. Yeah. So, so in this, uh, in the episode, and we mentioned, uh, Buffalo Tom before, but, um, Angela's ma- has been making out with, uh, Jordan in the boiler room, which also is to me just creepy. Cause I only associate the boiler room with, well, now that I thought about it, the movie boiler, room, but, uh, <laughs> but for, like Freddy Krueger, which is the, yeah. like, it just has like a g- really gross sort of connotation. Um, I don't know if you have that as well. Well, I definitely like made out, in college, in like the stacks of the library downstairs, uh-huh. so because like I was like the old, bloomer. like sort of where people don't go. Yeah, exactly. So that was like my version of the boiler room. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, eh. I do associate it with horny times. Right, right, right. I just feel like there's also that. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking it, but like, wouldn't the school lock that up because of like it's dangerous to be for kids? To be in but this room. was like before so much bad shit was happening in schools. Right. It was well, an innocent time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe we just weren't reading about it all the time on the internet. Exactly. Um, but the, So they're making out on and off throughout the episode, <laughs> and it's dragging Angela's uh, school uh, grades down. And then as she's waiting in the boiler room for Jordan Catalano, he and a friend say that they're going to the Buffalo Tom concert on Sunday yeah. or on, uh, on a night where it's important to be studying. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's a school night. It's a school night before midterms. And they do like, before we watch this, I was saying about how Jersey shore like pumps the name of the, the band. They said Buffalo Tom like 30 times. Can we do a, a just a mild reenactment yeah. of how we find out in the spoiler room scene that, Jordan's going to be at the Buffalo Tom concert. Yeah. I'll be the friend. Okay. Uh, so, hey, man, uh, Buffalo Tom's playing. You're going to at the Pike. You're going to go? Oh, yeah, yeah. Buffalo Tom show at the Pike? Yeah, Buffalo Tom. Uh, Yeah, that's Friday night, right? The Buffalo Tom show? Yeah. Hey, man, it's at the Pike. Buffalo Tom. All right. Yeah, I like that band, Buffalo Tom. Buffalo Tom. Buffalo Tom. <laughs> and not, I'm not exaggerating. And the last time <laughs> they say Buffalo Tom, it, there's like a closed caption that says like, bye. Like as if it's like translating because they just started using that as language. Um, yeah, I feel like the friend just keeps saying Buffalo Tom without any context or, or 
or syntax anymore. Like it's just the worst. It's just really weird. And then when when um, and this is like right up in the stairwell to the boiler room. And then when when he comes down, uh, Jordan to Angela, she's like, I heard from someone that there's like a Buffalo Tom concert on Sunday or whatever. And he, and like, as if like he wouldn't She's deaf. Like we're they're within like ten feet of where that Buffalo Tom concert conversation just happened. But he, the whole the whole thing of the episode is that he is unwilling to. We, we see it at the beginning of the episode, and I assume it's happened beforehand that he sees her in the hall just after they've made out, and he walks right by her in the hallway. So yeah, so. I mean, I think we discussed this earlier. Jordan and Angela are having this like secret torrid for high school relationship where he's perfectly fine Frenching or like full blown Frenching her for 45 minutes every day and then not acknowledging her in the hallways or anywhere. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty intense. And, uh, obviously I don't think she deserves it. Well, no woman deserves it, but guess what? I've been in like so many of those relationships. It, it's painful. It's like watching this episode's sort of like emotionally cutting for me. Oh. I'm like, oh, I did that. Oh. It's that it's that old adage. You treat them like dirt. They stick to you like mud. You know, I never even heard that. Yeah, it doesn't quite make sense. I mean, if you think about it, like, why would what's the where's the water in that? Situation? Oh, the woman's getting soaking wet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't really ever oh, realize yeah. that. Oh, that makes sense. Um, that's disgusting and amazing now that I think of it. Yeah, that's really, really gross. And whoever first told me that, I'm going to think of that them in a weird way now. Yeah, it becomes mud because of the lady jizz. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Yeah. See you later, Buffalo Tom. Um, <laughs> and so, so when they're in the boiler room and because he's – it is secretive but not by her choice at all, she mentions she, – Yeah, she right? Mentions she Buffalo asks. Tom concert. Oh, but she even asks him – in the boiler room, like he he says to her, "Let's keep this a secret." And oh, she's right. Like, and she's, yeah. Well, why? And he's like, "No reason." And that's a good enough answer for her. Man, <laughs> self esteem, bro. Self esteem. Uh, yeah, and and when she mentions the Buffalo Tom concert, I think he sort of just avoids it or like doesn't or so I forget what happens. But she, it is incredible that like it is so well written that like he doesn't give her any kind of satisfying answers ever. Right. And there's this kind of like disassociation that I've experienced with guys who are mostly unavailable and won't give you answers where you're like, they didn't say no and they didn't say yes. I just have – I'm just all uncertainty. And then it makes you as a person re- go over everything in your head and be like, OK, did this mean this? And there was that great – I think for the writing of the show, that great scene where she's – in voiceover is talking about the making out and that they don't say like anything while they're making right. out, but when they do say something, it feels really meaningful. And I was like, wow, that's a really great like uh, commentary. Or, you know, it's like a really great thing to pick out from that. And the stuff that they show is really funny. Like it is. It, it's like um, you have a leaf in your hair. It's like what? Where? <laughs> it's like that means something. And like I forget what the other what the other. She's one. like, oh, you have like nice cuticle. Oh yeah, he's like, what's a cuticle? And then she starts creepily kissing his hand. Yeah. Uh, he's like basically <laughs> like an unfunny Keanu Reeves. You know, like from like yeah, Bill like and a, Ted. Like, like totally. a, a gorgeous retarded person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, what's a, a cuter what? Huh? Like barely says anything so that you can project all your fantasy onto Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's really like a great observation from the writer. I mean, it's like a really, and it's interesting too because it puts it all in this 
on the on her character, you know, like yeah. and and we hear what she's thinking about. So she decides she takes it upon herself to meet to oh no no. So we go to the bathroom scene between uh Sharon and uh Right. and uh Rayanne. Yes. So let's introduce some characters. So Yeah, please um, do. Angela has who is I guess the original like manic pixie dream girl of television, Rayanne, her like drug and alcohol addicted friend who's like always got a thousand braids in her hair you pointed out she had like her earring was oh it was a 12-sided die from like dungeons and dragons she's got weird hats too many layers like basically like i think her like actor secret was that she was on adderall but like nobody knew about adderall then but like she's always like quirking around yeah she's like she's always in trouble but she always has the right advice for other people that type of thing so she's angela's like new best friend but angela has an old best friend who she's outgrown who's sharon like the perfect little princess right so they're in the bathroom and neither of them agree with this jordan relationship yeah they're sort of uh rayanne is spending about 45 minutes Making her hair look like Millie Vanilli or something. Exactly. It's just like terrible, like braid. It's just like awful. And they sort of, I guess, maybe they don't have a contentious relationship, but they're not friends. Right. And they sort of, uh, Angela, uh, Sharon asks, like, what's going on with Catalano and her? And then they sort of bond over this in a way. Because they both care about Angela. They both care about Angela. Which, you know, seems almost not realistic in that, like, you want to have those kind of deep female friendships in high school that transcend status in class. I don't know that in reality, Sharon and Rianne would really be like... I feel like, I, to me, yeah, it, there is something weird about... If, if it's like, you know, if they were both friends with her and she was having like a drug problem, I feel like they might yeah. be like, okay, this is like, we need to, you know, we're both her friends. We need to get on the same page about this and maybe. But with this, it's like... Yeah, but would they really all of a sudden just be best friends? Well, maybe. I, it's a nice touch. Yes. It's a, ni- it's, a ni- it's a nice female moment. It's a good touch, actually. I take it back. Okay, then I take back the drug thing. I Great. wouldn't, if, if two friends would not get together for, if somebody Can I tell drug- you something? There's so much I wish I could take back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the night, no. Um. <laughs> and, and then uh, Angela enters the bathroom. Right, while they're talking about her. And. It's basically a friend intervention. It's a friend intervention. Friend intervention, yeah. And uh, and she's like, they're like, listen, Jordan doesn't care about you. Like, why doesn't he acknowledge it? And then Angela's like, well, guess what? I'm meeting, I'm meeting Jordan Catalano. He asked me to go to the Buffalo, Buffalo Tom. Tom concert, <laughs> and uh, and we're gonna meet at the Pike, and which is a lie because he did not ask her to go with him. She's sort of. She's defensive about her relationship, which is the first sign, ladies, that you're in a bad one. Yeah. If if you try to defend any relationship, it's a bad relationship. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, to people who care about you, if they're like, this doesn't look so good, and you're like, hold on, let me like concoct some lies as to why sure, it is working, yes. that's a bad relationship. That's a bad... Girl, you're okay. in a bad... That's like the Jeff Foxworthy, like, you're a redneck. It's like, you're in a bad relationship. You might be... You might be in a bad relationship. relationship. <laughs> which, I mean, that would be... I'm just saying, if there's a southern comedian, a comedian who wants to take that, feel free. If you do well, a good southern accent, I'll see you at school night, workshopping my new character. Um, uh, Jen Foxworthy. Jen, 
Yeah, Foxworthy, because every girl's a fox, and you're worthy. Exactly. <laughs> God, that's going to be... I'm so glad I exist right now. That's going to be good. <laughs> that's going to be unreal. Um, and, uh, I mean, the, like, here's the thing that's great about this show is I feel like there are a lot of ups and... Through the episode, a lot of ups and downs where I was like, I don't know how this relationship's going to end by the end of the episode. It It is. It's weirdly, like, there's something about it that... It's so well written that it's almost too well written. Mm-hmm. Is that a weird thing to say? But in that it's not predictable, but that everything relates to everything else so um, specifically. Every all the B stories, all the C stories, all the people in it are going through their own self esteem issue, and like it's all feeding to like one thing. But I guess you're talking about you were surprised by the ups and down for just Angela's journey yes. in the episode. Yeah, yeah but I do mostly. agree. It's like. After a while, like with Angela's journey, it's like, well, when they go to the <coughs> Buffalo Tom concert, uh, like, I didn't know how that was going to end. But you're right. Like, there was so much self-esteem stuff that at a certain point, you're like, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, let's. Yeah. Just, I mean, not that. And all the storylines are fine. But it's like when you have like four or five of them. All relating to self. It's like, OK, guys, we you've you've definitely made the argument for your thesis statement. It's like they need one just like screech, like from <laughs> Save by the Bell and just doing something goofy to be like, oh, there's something else. And then the self-esteem stuff hits yeah. a little bit harder. Um, they needed to walk away from the game. If you're an improviser, get away from the game and you'll find a way to get back to it. Um, at the Buffalo Tom concert, which the song feels like a song that I've heard a million times, but I don't know if I've ever heard it. You know, it's like one of those songs. <laughs> like you're saying it's a cliche and wrote and not yeah, original, yeah. And just like background music. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, I feel like every song in the 90s had like Reality Bites. and Yeah, like, you know, totally. All of those have that one like defined. I can't even think of that one, but it feels exactly like this one, you know, or like. They're like that sort of grunge-ish, but like more melancholy and like... Like Nirvana light. Yeah, like super light. Like like the kind of Nirvana your parents would dig yeah, exactly. back then. Like yeah. somebody who wrote 30-something would like. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's sort of Nirvana-ish. Well, I love the songs. Did you ever go to concerts when you were in high school? I did. Um, Not too, too much because um, I hate crowds and people yeah but i loved music so much like i still love music you love music i love music but no but I, you know like you feel intensely about it as you get older i think maybe you care about music kind of less obsessively if yes, you're super into it but yeah so like i um i went to a nine inch nails concert whoa okay um that david bowie opened for them wow and the crowd booed bowie whoa because it was like a bunch of goths but that was pretty pretty cool like i wasn't into like tori amos or like little fair stuff i was into like i liked like electronic music and like sexy like depressing like dude music or yeah i I liked like weird music i like kind of gothy music like this band called the cranes i don't know them yeah they so so weird but did you did you did you do the goth thing like no you weren't i Basically looked and acted and dressed like Angela Chase. Okay. I was an Angela Chase completely. Wow. But I also, at the same time that I liked that kind of music, like I was super into Crowded House and Peter Gabriel. Uh-huh. I like saw both of them. Wow. <laughs> Wait, I don't know Crowded House. They're a New Zealand band that's poppy and kind of like, 
the New Zealand Beatles. Uh-huh. Uh, they did that song, It's Only Natural. It's only natural. I have a cold. I should never sing. Um, <laughs> or like, everywhere you go, always take the weather. Damn. No, you don't know any of the. Or wait, they had like a big hit. Crowded House, like, oh man, Google it. I'm, I, I, <laughs> it's perfect pop songs and it's all emotional. House. I'll check. They, they did for Australia what the Beatles did for England. That's what you're saying. Kind of, yeah. Uh, that's yeah, pretty much. I'll ch- I'll check. Neil Finn, out. Uh, it was good back in the day. I don't think I went to like concerts in high school. Like they did. I mean, I went to one concert and I, it was. Uh, I was. I was surprise, surprise. I was into the Beastie Boys. Oh yeah, and, everybody was. And uh, it was after September 11th, and they did a like show for New Yorkers, but it was on a school night, just like with these guys and. Uh, but it was like a lot of bands played, like the Strokes played, oh, and nice. like um, yeah, I love the Strokes. I, I don't know if I've told this story on the here before, but and uh, the B fifty twos, and like, but I my whole time I was like the last train back. Uh, it was in the city. The last train back to my hometown was like at one a.m. So every band that came on and it was getting closer to one a.m. I was like, I, I, don't, Wait, I and the, the Beastie Boys were last. You took the Metro North as well. I'm yeah. from Westchester, so I'm, yeah, yeah. Westchester. So the, there was always like a scramble for the one a.m. train. Yeah, otherwise you like, get fucked. Ugh, fuck. And so like every band and like so when the B52s came on at like ten p.m. <laughs> or whatever, I was not like psyched. I, I was like really annoyed by Fred Schneider's voice because uh, I was like, I just want to see the Beastie Boys. And we had to leave as they were starting. That is terrible. Yeah. But I will say this. Get into the B-52s. I mean, hey, Kate Pearson's voice, I would have been very psyched to I'm not against... Listen, I'm <laughs> not yeah, against were, the B-52s yeah. at all. This is not a statement against them. And no. Fred, if you're listening, or the person you just mentioned... Um, she has the greatest voice in pop. Kate Pearson. Whoa, okay. Is that her name? I hope I'm not messing up her name. Yeah, and her, I, I used to like listen to them and think if I could have anybody's voice, it would be hers. Wow, it's so perfect. I'll have to go back. And, yeah, and get. Well, okay. It Maybe depends I'll. on how interested you Maybe are in, in me and what I care about. Oh, yep. Mm, or if I remember <laughs> right. any of this conversation after it. <laughs> I my memory is it's just blank after uh, a podcast. Um, but then at, at the at the um, at Pike, what is it called? The Pike. The Pike. Yeah. The Pike. The band's playing. Uh, they're like, where's Jordan? And, of course, both of her friends are there. Sharon and... Rayanne. Rayanne. Her wing women. Her wing women. And they see Jordan playing pool in the back. This, and you, I, we both had a very visceral response to how devastating the scene was. It was. I, I mean, I went, ugh, like a bunch of... I had <laughs> yeah. honest reactions to these things. So, so basically what happens is the music's playing and it's the scene is like mostly looks it's angela and god bless claire danes for her wet wet vulnerable eyes Mm -hmm. she's just looking at him and she keeps saying he doesn't see me that's why i'm not going up to him but and they're making eye contact he's but he's just he's avoiding eye contact. he sees her and he sort of turns away and goes back to the awesome pool game he's playing cold shoulder not having it and her friends encourage her to like just go up to him whatever so she goes up to him at the pool table and what does he say to her i don't remember (laughs) he he gets immediately like annoyed and says oh you're kind of crowding oh you're crowding me yeah that's crowding me which is like 
Because he's playing pool, so he's like playing it off like on my you know pool gamer card of me. But you got to read that as you're crowding my style, man. So she's just like standing there on the verge of Claire Dane's tears, which there is no sadder face. Yes, and uh, she, and this is why this scene is so perfectly directed. She stands there longer than she should, mm-hmm. with like the most pained look in her eye. Like, I really like you're really gonna be this cruel to me and not acknowledge what's. You know, we just played tonsil hockey for 45 minutes earlier today, but no. And uh, then she walks away. She gives a like a really good head turn. Yeah. She and and walks away. And then and it's it's you're like, whoa, like, wow. Because, you know, in I feel like a lot of shows, you know, maybe they'd make that a more of a moment where they like she says something or sticks it to him or something or. And and she doesn't. She's just like hurt and sort of like that's her statement to him. That's why the show is good. People took emotional hits, and it and they let it lay a little bit. Yeah. It wasn't like it was this in this scene. It's not just like wrapped up or like you know that he like redeems himself within the scene or that like her friends make her feel better. Like we leave the scene and we are crushed. Yeah. And I was like, I really was like, I don't know how this is going to end right now. I mean, this is hard. That was big. And, and then Rayanne comes, goes to, uh, Oh yeah. Oh wait, great. Goes to, uh, Jordan and grabs the pool cue. Emasculating him metaphorically. Pool cue is a phallic symbol. She grabs him by his, by his stick, by his stick and says, uh, you know, you can't do this. Like, she's not going to be waiting around. Oh, no, you need to treat her better. She deserves, because she deserves it. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. And then She's says, not going to wait around She's not going to wait around forever. She, she looks him in the eyes. She goes, you know you like her. Yeah. And he can't deny it. He can't deny it. Those puffy lips, her sweet young tongue. What's not to uh, love? Yeah, that got a little. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's he's, basically how he relates gotta, to he's her. He's got a sweet young tongue. <laughs> That's the grossest. But isn't, that, isn't that what every high schooler's tongue is like? It's just a sweet, oh, young, oh, this is getting sweet young tongue. Really uncomfortable. Over well, here. he spent so much time kissing. He does have a sweet young tongue. I'm not going to deny it. Um, but that, that was like, I was like, oh my god, like how is this going to end? You know, what, what's going to happen with Jordan and Angela? And uh, and you know, Angela's sort of that's where the the uh, suicide line comes in is right yeah. after that scene. Sundays make you want to kill yourself. And then there's this other thing, which is really good. I mean, I guess it's sort of slightly cliched, but I think they do a good job with it, is that there's this other guy, Brian, who has a huge crush on... Brian Krakow. He had a blonde Jufro. Yes. And he was a mega genius kind of nerd. And he was the Angela Chase to Angela's Jordan Catalano. So so here's where, like, her... This show's good. In this dynamic, Angela is Jordan... And Brian is Angela. Right. Without, I think without the... Abuse. And this make-outing. Right. Make-outing. It's making out. (laughs) No, I think you said it right. I think I said it right. (laughs) Make-outing. Yeah, like they have sort of the, uh, maybe a a French, more of a friendship, I guess, but she doesn't uh, give back to him. Right. She doesn't reciprocate. But she does exploit a little bit because she needs him to help her with her homework. Oh, that's true. It's not not make-outing, but it is exploiting him for his brain. And he is kind of at her beck and call. Yeah, so basically she's failing geometry. This test is coming up. He's really good at math because he's an Excel, uh, like AP calculus or something. And he comes over 
And instead of helping her, again, like... Self-esteem. Self-esteem. He has sort of like a mini freak out. And he's not having it. He stands up for it. He's like, I got to get out of here. I got to study for my own shit. Yeah, you can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. You can't do this to me. That's not a line from the episode, but that's more or less that's, what he says. Yeah, basically the subtext for... The whole show. Yeah, you can't do this to me. And then he, he storms, at, storms out. I mean, God. But do we want to spoil that? I mean... The ending. Well, we can just talk about it. We get to say it, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. And well, we should say that we should maybe set it up with a scene in the English class. Oh, right. The catalyst for... So, so at this yeah. point, at this point, it's like Jordan's. Oh, oh, they meet at the in the boiler room one more time. Yes, because Jordan beckoned Angela after the concert. Can with I just say note. when we're saying when we're talking about this, it does sound like we're talking about like we're in high school. Like, but here's the other thing: no, it's like <laughs> we are we are gossiping about friends that we care about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, but before English class, they met at the boiler room. <laughs> Oops, I almost spilled something because <laughs> I was so excited. Wait, you just like kicked your your feet were just like kicking in the air. Yeah, I just k- kicked uh, my drink. Um, yeah, but he leaves her a note. Yeah, meet me in the boiler room. And she and she says like I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm I know it's wrong. Yeah, she's embarrassed because she actually does show up, and he goes straight to try to kiss her. And she kisses. She, they do make out for about right. maybe like. Five, six seconds. And she pushes him away. And, and she says... Uh, oh, uh, it would be nice to he- say hello. Yeah, you didn't something. even say hello. And then... He goes, hello. <laughs> yeah, and, and she basically says, like, you know, you can't do this or something. Again, I forget every line already. Just admit it happened, you know? Uh, yeah, admit it happened. That's the big part. Admit that we, like, we're down here and, like... The- oh, the... The line of the whole series happens in the spoiler room. Don't the remember. most famous Don't line remember. of my so-called life. Uh, it is she. Oh yes, this is a great line. Fucking, this is why he falls in love with her. I think it's great. She says, "Why are you like this?" And he's like, "Like what?" And she says, "Like how you are." Great. This is like what everybody wants. It's the way you are meant to be challenged. Yeah. Like yeah. you both want to be accepted for like how you are, but also you want to find that person that goes like, why are you how you are? Why are you being a douche or what? Like it's not, you can't do that anymore. Yeah. Time to grow up Catalano. Yeah. It was pretty powerful. And then he says, you can leave. Yeah. Wow. And she does. She leaves. She stands up for herself. And that's also why he falls in love with her. Because she's like, uh-uh. She's like... You're not getting this sweet top poontang you know anymore. She's treating, she's treating him like dirt. He's sticking to her like mud because he's covered in some liquid. Right. And uh, Anxious sweat. And that was intense. And then they're in the, this English class and there's a B story line with the English teacher um, that we might talk about. We'll see. We'll see. But this this teacher who's really into Shakespeare and is sort of uh, in the clouds a little bit, and he's and we cut to him reading in Shakespeare in a class that Jordan Catalano and Brian Krakow, the the Angela to Angela's <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> the Uber nerd who loves her. Yeah, and uh, and he's giving this soliloquy about a woman. It's, it's a Shakespeare sonnet that is like her hair, but be both like black wires and there is no road. It's basically a sonnet that Shakespeare wrote that's describing a horribly ugly golem of a woman. Just a uh, not a, maybe not a looker. No, not a looker. 
So ugly. Oh, but was, I think one of the lines I thought it was like, be her so damn ugly. <laughs> that was one of the lines. She is but doth a butterface. Yeah, she doth be a butterface. Um, I would not make outing with her. Um, but as this poem about this ugly woman who Shakespeare loves, <laughs> loves is being yes. read, you see Jordan's eyes, Jordan Catalano's eyes like widen. It's like, oh, I love an ogre. Yeah. And Brian Krakow, he's also like grooving on the poem. He's like, silently does what I love an ogre. And then they talk about the poem. And they talk about the poem. And he's like, so, oh, yeah. So the teacher's like, would you say that she's like a bombshell that would like uh, stop traffic? And Brian Krakow's like, and you can see in the smile that he's thinking about Angela. And he's like, no. And then he's like, but the teacher's like, but does she love, does Shakespeare love her and then Brian and then Jordan Catalano, like he's like, yes. And <laughs> he does it exactly <laughs> like that. Like he, like he speaks so infrequently that it's almost like his vocal cords yeah, have dried up. Just like the first half of the word, it's warming up. Like yeah. you can't really hear the first half of the word. And yes. then the whole class sort of like turn, it turns in a way because it's like, whoa, Jordan Catalano's talking in class. Right. And we thought he was mute. But then, so that was great writing. And then he was like, um. The next question that the teacher asked was like, why does he love her? And you think maybe Jordan would be able to say it, but he doesn't. It's Brian. It's Brian who says it. And it's because cause she's like real because she's got like flaws. And like all of us are like, yeah, yeah. Angela Chase. Angela Chase. Ugly ogre <laughs> with flaws. Real with flaws. Um, Man, I'm I'm in love with her. Yeah, and and so that was powerful too because you're like, well, Jordan, we know that now. Jordan is like invested, but Brian's the one who can articulate it and really believes in it, and it's deeper for him. Yeah. And then the final scene, the final Ooh. scene is just powerful because it's Angela. They're on the lockers. So it's a crowded in the high school hallway. The Buffalo Tom music rises up. And yeah. don't think that those lyrics that neither of us can remember are insignificant. Oh, those lyrics we can't remember are very important. <laughs> it's like, I'd do it if I could. Right, yeah. You guys are getting a lot of my singing today. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, the lyrics are important. Um, and so, so many looks in this hallway. Let's talk about it. It's just all wow. looks. All looks. It's all looks. Because Angela is looking at Jordan. Uh, Rayanne and uh, Ricky, uh, her uh, gay friend, are are sort of behind, sort of checking out, like, what's this? What's going to happen? Is he going to reciprocate? Sharon's also looking at what's happening. Yep. Brian Krakow, he's looking. He's at his locker looking at her because he's just basically said out loud but not mentioning her name. We talked about love, like he's in love with her. Jordan's looking. It is funny. You could parody this scene. Just Quote, infinite just looks. just a lot of looks. Just a lot, a There's lot of looks. as many looks as there were Buffalo Toms in the boiler scene. Yes, exactly. It, it became its own language, visual yeah. language. And uh, the looks are happening. Then Brian sort of looks at uh, um, Jordan like, oh, now I see what's happening here. And then what happens Ooh. is that you, you goosebumps coming up. It did happen is that Jordan Catalano walks to Angela publicly, publicly in a crowded hallway in the same hallway. He just brushed by her earlier in the episode and says, you want to go somewhere? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's, hey, can we go somewhere? And she's like, yeah. yeah. And then 
they walk, and as if that's not enough, they hold each other's hands. He takes her hand. Boom. Like, in slow-mo to the Buffalo Tom song where he, earlier in the episode, destroyed her, dismissed her. Now he has taken her hand and publicly acknowledged her. And I said, while we were watching, I said, this is horrible. Yeah. Because even though it's amazing and Angela's like totally blown off studying for her midterm, which was like a little element, like she's like, I'm not going to go now to the practice session. Um, she has never looked happier. She's totally validated. But this is why this episode is kind of problematic because it makes, it teaches women that if you just stick around with your unavailable dude, eventually he's going to publicly acknowledge you and hold your hand in the crowded hallway. Yeah. And guess what, ladies? It's not always true. And and just because he does that doesn't mean he's Jen really Foxworthy be, tell you he's not always going to have Jen Foxworthy in the house. <laughs> just because he holds your hand doesn't mean he's emotionally available. Exactly. He might not be. He might not be whatever we said before. <laughs> that we, we can't remember. I'm glad I'm bringing it back. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like sort of problematic. But again... That's why it's a good show. Yeah, but also triumphant. Let's it's, not. It's tri- and It is triumphant, but at the same time, it's like surface level triumph. You know, like, right? I mean, she did make a stand, and it. But it's like, and and he. Uh, but the good guy. That's like then. There's the Brian Krakow too, where like he he you know, is he the good guy? Maybe you know. Well, just because you're the dude who loves the girl, and you're not a douche. Doesn't always mean you're the right guy. You're the right guy. But, I, but the thing is, I relate to that guy. Right. Well, so I'm like, like who relate? Like the person that relates to Jordan Calano is probably not watching this show, right? True. You know what I mean? Needs to, but yeah. is not. Is not. Man, yeah. But this this does feel very high school. Did this make? I mean, this made you think of your high school experience. Uh, uh, yes, high school and college. Yeah. You know, like and you know, post college, like so upsetting. The other thing that I like about the show, I don't know if I mentioned this, is that like Claire Danes was 16. Did I say this? No. Uh, she like actually was 16. Like everybody is actually a teenager except for like a few glaring 30 year olds. Right. Yeah. Like some side characters that are like that woman is 40 <laughs> years old and she's supposed to be a high school student. But for the most part, the leads of the show are actual teenagers in the show, which so good like they really are as vulnerable I, as they're portraying and she's amazing i mean she's great and i have to because i've been watching uh and i watched recently homeland it's like you realize why she's she's like a great actress because the emo- the emotion she has in her face is like you know she can really not say a lot and bring it a lot out yeah i guess it helps if you're just born a person who's always on the verge of tears right exactly you're destined for a future if you go into acting for like emmys and golden globes yes <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> but maybe never breaking into film. Does she want to? I don't know. She did the Terminator movie. That was a terrible movie. Terminator and Three, so bad. The Terminator movie. I didn't know she was one. in that. Wasn't she in the te- that Terminator the robot? Maybe TV's just more lucrative and more work. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I I don't know what her deal is, but she's doing a great job. But yeah, I'm, she's I'm, tremendous. I'm just, I here's a little anecdote. Yeah, if you want it, love love to hear it. So. While right before my so-called life was airing, Claire Danes came to my high school. Whoa. Um, and because she was friends with one of the girls 
a girl had transferred from like this New York City performing arts school and Claire Danes was from New York City and this girl like brought her around and was just like had her hang out for a day and was like yeah she just got cast in the show but this was before she was like in it was this right was when she was she was thing yeah she was this broke her so this was right as she was shooting it or just gotten the job and like her friend was like she just got on a show and she's an actress and i just remember her being like taller than i thought she would be and like very thin in the torso uh-huh. and normal and I also remember feeling like, huh, whatever, no impression really made. And then when I became obsessed with the show, I was like, that's the girl who just was walking around in my high school who's friends with that girl. Like, and I, dang, I was like, so jealous. Yeah, Yeah, that would be, did you talk to that friend? Did they stay friends? I don't know that they stayed friends. I wasn't really friends with that girl. She was was straight up bitch? No, I think I was actually towards that girl. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, that girl was not a bitch. I think at the time, like, I probably wasn't the sweetest. Oh. No, I was never, I wasn't like a popular girl, but like, I got, you know, I had like self-esteem issues, uh-huh. which Whoa. would like Steam. make me feel insecure and jealous about things. So then like, I would just sort of shut down and instead of being friendly, my like insecurities would make me sort of cold and aloof. Mm-hmm. Not like I wouldn't actively do anything to be mean to someone, but I just like could, I wasn't warm. I was just like insular. Did you have friends like Rayanne and, uh, and Ricky? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I was like a floater. So like I had friends from all different Mm -hmm. groups and, uh, I definitely had a bunch of Rayanne's and Ricky's. And what about Sharon's? No real Sharon's. No. No old, old friends that remember the old you. Oh, well, yeah, but they weren't like goody goodies or weirdest. They were like right, right, right. sort of in the group. Like, right, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I that Rayanne character is, uh, that's like a real high school, like that one, the person that's like, oh, let's make you a little bit more of a badass and like. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody did drugs and drank in high school, but like it was, you know, the kid, you just, there were the kids who were like, but now you're addicted or you're like, you're doing it all the time. Oh boy. It's not just like fun for you. There's something else going on. Where are your parents? Oh okay. God. Oh my God. Um, self-esteem. Um, oh yeah. Self-esteem. Well, we should, bri- I want to briefly talk about the cooking thing because yeah, I okay, feel like yes. that is like with all this like <laughs> intense, uh, uh, high school drama, there's this also sort of. Uh, the parental thing is sort of this overarching just sort of home life is um, just like the, the the marriage is sort of like over. Like they're, The they're, marriage is like kind of – is it problematic? It's kind of a problematic like marriage. Like every conversation that they have is sort of a, a problem. It, exactly. So Angela's mom and dad, like, so Angela's dad has been laid off in previous episodes and doesn't have a job. So. And I have just as, as a side note, I have to say that for anybody who listened to the 30 something episode that the mom, uh, the mom and dad, the mom's dad, the grandfather is played by Paul Dooley from 30 something, uh, the character actor that I made it, we made a big deal about a couple episodes ago. So it's great to see him back. Oh, he's in this episode as Angela's grandpa. And he makes a big statement. He's like, I don't know what's happening with your husband. Like, he should find a headhunter. Why is he doing, like, a cooking class or something like that? But he's doing a cooking class because Angela's mom encouraged him to. So, but, yeah, so 
he takes his class. But it seems like every conversation Graham has, that's her dad's name, has when he comes home from the class, it just ends up in like this defensive misunderstanding. Self-esteem. Self-esteem. Because she's always, the wife is always like, oh, at the end of the first, um, he takes this cooking class. The cooking teacher is, I guess, French. And he's a drunk or whatever. And he's like, she's like, how was the class? Like, well, you know, I couldn't, we couldn't, I couldn't really follow what he was saying. And she's like, well, could other people in the class follow what he was saying? Like, sort of like. It is a bad way to respond to your husband. Yeah, exactly. And uh, every conversation was sort of that, like sort of contentious. Yeah. Like, why are you, like, you're not good enough. She's sort of, <laughs> her sort of saying you're, you know, sort of hinting at like. Maybe- she's always assuming that he's failing in the class or that it's not going well. And when he hasn't expressed that it's not going well. Yes. So she's always like, you don't have to keep doing this, you know. It's like, if it's not going well, like, you can just try something else. And he's like, who said it's not going well? Yeah. And But in her defense, I did write down in my notes for this episode, I was like, kiss your wife, Graham. Like, he shows up to home and doesn't say anything. Yeah. And doesn't, he's just like, it was strange. Strange? How so? Uh, just strange. I'm like, yeah. maybe your husband's emotionally unavailable. Ooh. But call. I see what I want to see. Hey. <laughs> you know. See what you want to see, you know. But it is a little bit that he's like not really communicating. I think they're both they're both they're both uh, a little bit at fault here. Yes. And, uh, and at the te- at the cooking class, the the chef the the teacher is sort of a uh, a mess. He's, yeah. He doesn't show up for the first one, and there's this loudmouth woman who's um, sort of keeps on talking to Graham, and uh, and then it turns out at the the last time we see her, he's like she, uh, the teacher hasn't shown up, and she says to him. I have a question for you about risotto. And then like it cuts from that. And then later we see him come home and he's like, uh, how'd it go? It's like, well, it was weird or whatever. And she of course is being contentious or like, or assuming that he's not doing well or, and then he's like, um, I'm teaching the class now. And they're like, what? And she's like, what? And we're like, what? Like, how is that? It's because the teacher, the Frenchman was not showing up and was such a lush. He went to a rehab. Right. In Idaho. Right. This all happens within a week of this cooking class. Mm-hmm. The most dramatic cooking class of all time. And I guess the the class led by this very overbearing, loud woman who becomes friends with Graham uh, suggests that he teach it because he's good at explaining risotto. Yes. And the whole class appreciates what he's saying. But it's like, how would that f- technically... Ha- like? If you're at, like, I don't know what type of extracurricular class that would be, but, you know, a cooking class at an institute or, like, wouldn't they Or have is an, it, like, adult, continuing, like, adult education? Adult education. Like, who would he is talk to? Is it the to? learning annex? Who would he talk to that would make that okay? Like, that there wasn't another teacher that would take the place and that, like, what credentials does he have? I mean, I'm just saying, guys. Uh, you know, I guess you were taken out of the reality. For me, anytime I can suspend my disbelief. I like it. You just you know? grab onto yeah, it. Yeah. I'm like, like that's this... not possible. I love this. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you um, for getting me away from the misery. It is funny how, though, when he tells his wife, they made me teacher, and she's surprised. He's like, he gets all defensive. He's like, you, you seem really surprised. And she's maybe our point of view of just like, well, that just doesn't make yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. And I was sort of on his side. Like, yeah, yeah you are just surprised. But it's like, no, that's right. Like, what? Yeah. You're a teacher now? You're a cookie? Like... If you like your significant other came home and was like, "Yeah, I was taking this class. Now I'm the teacher, and I'm like, I'd be like, I'm what teaching the f- sky flying lessons. What? what? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> right. You've never done that before. Weird, but great. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed the show. I mean, I, I like the show. I, I think it's uh, 
It holds up. I think it does hold up. I mean, obviously there are dated aspects of it, but you know, it, it, if you want to go back to, I feel like the reason with 30 something, I thought it was a good show, but I couldn't, you know, quite relate to the things that they're going through. Cause it's a little bit, it's a very about professional life and marriage, you know, like I'm not there yet, obviously, right. but well, with this, mar- I mean. I'm, I'm married, but I not the like dealing with huge marriage thing. Yeah. And, uh, with this, it feels like the writing's on par, like really good writing, and you're like, "Oh, I totally remember this." Like, and, yeah, and it, and it definitely dramatizes it in such a way that makes it, you know, a little melodramatic. But that's it's great. Yeah, I mean, my so-called life, right? And a great name for a TV show. Isn't that a great? It, name it for, really is. Like that's that's a really good name for a TV show. For a te- a show about like teenagers in high school. That's awesome. Come on, and I mean. They really talk like teenagers. Yeah. It's like, so like, you know, yeah. like, like, uh, there was, I wrote that down. Cause in, uh, during the, during the v- voiceover, she said like, and I was like, oh, but it, it didn't feel like it didn't feel like, <laughs> uh, overdone. It felt no. real. Yeah. Kudos. Kudos, my so-called life. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you brought this that uh you brought this into my life, my so-called <laughs> life. And um is there anything that you want to uh promote uh your Twitter, your oh. and uh and or anything you want to just say to the populace at large? Oh, well, um I thank you for having me on the show. Oh, thank you. Craig, and uh yeah, you can follow me on Twitter people if you prefer to hear my th- thoughts without my voice um which is just my name megan erringer and i started doing vine which is so yeah stupid. i'm on vine i see i oh, yeah. don't check it that much but you get like t- you make funny vines and tons of people li- like i know it's weird to it, which i i'm not as I, I don't do it as much so i don't like but that's crazy it, it's pretty weird that i mean i put in almost zero thought yeah to them but i guess i'm just enough of like a random spaz that uh, it's been kind of fun. It's fun. It's, it's sort of, to me, it's like live Twitter. Yes. I have six seconds to sort of do something funny, shit it out. Hey, I hope this gets validated. And it does. There's some real artists on there, though. Like people who are really into animation are really like yeah, crafting. It's, cr- it's crazy that you can create a f- like any form. And it's like a, when you think about it, it's like six seconds. But that some people do like can really do crazy stuff with it. I'll tell you something else. Uh, nobody can make six seconds feel longer than someone who's bad at Vine. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, that is great wallpaper. Yeah. Wow. That's like the longest six seconds of my life. Oh, God. I wish I could get that six seconds back. So, yeah, um, it's the name on that is Megan Nuringer, too. Mm -hmm. Well, check that out. Thank you so much for for enjoying this with me on on a a day that's pretty nice outside. Yeah. That we, we just watched TV. This is a perfect afternoon. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. No, no. You know what? Buffalo Tom. Why are you like this? Buffalo Tom. Like how you are. Buffalo Tom. I'd like to thank my guest, Megan Nuringer, for coming over and watching my so-called life with me. It was a good time. It was a good show. It was a great day. It was a good week. It was a good month. It was a good year uh check back in next week uh, we'll have a new episode with another great show leave a comment on itunes on facebook on me spot if that's a website and uh thank you so much for listening i really appreciate it i'll see you next time have a great night and an early manana adios amigos mm-hmm.